The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain Event. With your host, Jason Sway. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Sway event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me Cooper's house and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03. It is Friday, the best day of the week, and today will be the best day of the week. Guaranteed, today will be an awesome day. Why? Many reasons, but the number one reason is because you're with us this morning. And you're with us with Ben McKee, who is in Indianapolis covering NCAA tournament. He was right there when Tennessee spanked Longwood yesterday. Seth Stokes is dialing in from South Carolina. Gentlemen, gentlemen, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are we on this beautiful Friday morning? Man, it is. Mm, it is. Tired. It is beautiful. Yeah, Ben, I know, I know you are tired, my friend. I bet you are, man. What time did you want to go on, going to, uh, to your room and actually going to sleep? I got back at 1.30. I left the arena at 1, so I was asleep by 2. Oh, boy. Woo. But it was worth it. It was, it was worth it. I hope y'all are doing well this morning. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Doing doing great, man. I'm here in the Low T Center studio, in Knoxville, Tennessee. You guys are um you are in Indianapolis, Ben, South South Carolina. Um Stokes, let me start with you. Tennessee, 88-56. Put a smackdown on Longwood, basically doing everything that Tennessee did. In the SEC tournament, playing like they have played over the last six, seven, eight, nine games. Uh, Josiah Jordan James doing it again. He had 17 points. He was on five from three, 50%. Kenny Chandler was on five from three. He was 75%. Santiago Viscovi was on five from three, made six out of eight. My goodness, Tennessee had five players in double figures. Stokes. Were you prepared for that? No, not at all. I I kind of expected Tennessee because of you know coming off the high of of winning the SEC tournament, um, not to to have a letdown game, but to let Longwood hang around for a little longer than you'd like. Um, and that didn't happen. They came out, handled their business, got on back to the locker room, ready for the next opponent on Saturday. I mean, it, it's 
it was an impressive game, maybe the most stress-free tournament game I've ever seen of the Vols. It, it was beautiful. Then, um, from warm-ups, could you tell that Tennessee was going to do this? Did you feel this was going to happen? Or, you know, I know we talked yesterday about, hey, man, everyone's going to be somewhat nervous. And, I mean, if you are the team that played against the Peacocks yesterday, um, you wasn't nervous until it was time to be nervous. But, Ben, from warm-ups, could you kind of tell how locked in Tennessee was or what was going to happen? Not really. Uh, one way or the other. It it was pretty status quo. Looked like it has all season. So I guess that would signal that they weren't nervous. But they, they didn't look any different, which is obviously a good thing. And like I just said, in hindsight, I guess that was an indication that what took place was about to happen. So uh, I think it's good that you – that you see things stick or see teams stick to their routine this time of year, because when they get out of that routine is when you get upsets and uh, when you start to make uncharacteristic mistakes and uh, your season comes to an end pretty quickly. So I, I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. And I think that's a good thing. Guys, Tennessee was, I won't say dominating from the first opening tip, I mean, my goodness, we we lost a tip to a guy who was six seven, and um, found ourselves in a little bit of a battle early. And Tennessee was like, "All right, all right, uh, Longwood, let's let's quit playing with y'all. Enough is enough." And then she just went on a huge run before halftime. Josiah Jordan James draining the three uh, in the corner, holding the pose for the Instagram. I tell my players on my on our, on our team to hold their pose for the gram. And that's what Josiah Jordan James did. He held his pose. And from there, it was over. It was over. Tennessee only shot 11 free throws, man. <laughs> they only shot 11 free throws. They was busted all their shots um, from, from the perimeter. 58% from three. Nobody, nobody's beating Tennessee like that. Now, no. the, the looks will not be as, as open. We all know that, Kenny Smith. Duh. Um, but new gym, new rims. Last time I checked, they're still ten, 10 feet. But we saw this team in the SEC tournament adapt, shoot the, the the lights out of the ball like they were at home, and then they did the same thing in Indianapolis. Now it's time for Michigan. Jarnell Stokes needs you, Tennessee, to handle business on Saturday and Ben. The times have been announced. I know you tweeted that time out. And uh, what is that time for Tennessee as they play Michigan on Saturday? 5.15 p.m. Eastern on CBS, right in uh, that primetime window. Uh, maybe a, a little early for the primetime window, but that second half will be from 6.20-ish to, to 7.20. So, uh, right in the prime time for Tennessee on CBS against Jawan Howard. Stokes, I've never been so happy <laughs> to see my bracket be 
completely busted and shattered. I've never been so excited to see my bracket just be destroyed in the first round. How about you? Uh, uh, same way, man. Same way. Uh, some of those, uh, the L's that I took in the bracket made me smile. Made I, me smile. I, I and I am excited to see Tennessee be able to get some some revenge and retribution against Michigan. Ben, how's your bracket over there, man? It's pretty, it's pretty damaged. No, because unlike you bums, I picked Kentucky to lose in the second round to Murray State. So Kentucky they, did not kill my bracket. What they got to do? With the, what they got to do with the first round? I only had them losing to, or I only had Kentucky winning one game. So uh, it's not like I had them winning the national championship or going to the Final Four like some people. I think Iowa was the team that hurt me the most yesterday. I had uh, Iowa going to the Sweet 16, and dang, I, I'm really mad looking at my bracket now because I I picked Providence to um, beat huh. Iowa and go to the Sweet 16, and then I scribbled Providence out and <laughs> wrote Iowa. Uh, so Iowa was the one that got me the most. Now, UCLA almost lost to Akron. And that would have been my kill shot for the day because I have UCLA in the final four. So thank you, UCLA, for not <laughs> ruining my bracket in that form or fashion. So uh, today has some potential for my bracket to really go sideways. Uh, I, I need Illinois to do, again, what it did last year because I did pin in the mocks. I, I did pick UTC to beat Illinois. So... Uh, maybe a little wishful thinking there and, and just hoping for some crazy. That's the fun part about pulling the, the fun part about filling out a bracket is just trying to decide where all the craziness is going to happen. What, where is the St. Peter's going to happen? And uh, a, a little wishful thinking there with UTC that some craziness will take place. I also have UAB over Houston and I know Houston and Illinois have been popular picks for a lot of people. So, I need those two teams to to choke here in March or else they're really going to kill my bracket. Yeah, I, I had Kentucky losing their next game. Uh, well, lose, excuse me, losing in the Sweet 16. So I didn't have Kentucky going uh, deep anyway. So um, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I don't, honestly, I don't even care about my bracket because Kentucky losing to St. Peter's, the Peacocks, Man, I didn't know there was a mascot that was a peacock. I thought that was just NBC. I thought that was just NBC. Were you shaking all game long? We we know you are deathly afraid of peacocks. Were were you okay watching St. Peter's? You, you weren't shivering and and hiding behind a blanket and, and kind of covering your face. Like, like people do when they watch scary movies. Were Were you okay mentally watching the Peacocks perform, given your fear of Peacocks? Stokes, how old, how old is this joke? Uh, it's older than the little Jesse joke. Little it Jesse's about to be in college, and it, and it still doesn't get old. It it's this, old. This this joke so goes for back you. to to what's now the Cellular Sales Building. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's old for you, Swain, not old for the rest of us. Number one, I'm not afraid of peacocks. Number two, sure. the story 
has has changed and been flipped and altered. I'm not afraid of peacocks, but to answer your question, man, no, I was not shivering and shaking and frightened. I was, was up. I was up <laughs> yelling and screaming and cheering for the, the peacocks like they were my team. That's what I was doing. They my favorite team in the tournament now. Outside of Tennessee. And I just I, I just want to find the list of experts that pick Kentucky to, that, to win it. I want to find that list because I had it pulled up a couple of days ago. I want to find that list of folks that had Kentucky going all the way. Where's the, they were hacked. Man, where's Joe Lenardi? Where, where is he? What is he doing right now? I hope he is asleep. I hope he, he is. Asleep. He is shaking in his boots. We we want to talk about you being all freaked out and and worried. Joe Joe Lenardi's had a rough couple of days, and and he has not uh, responded. He he is probably still awake in his bed in his house right now, just scrolling Twitter, just shaking from all the comments that he is reading about himself. He is 1,000% Twitter searching his name as we speak. My goodness, Ben, you got to share with us. What was it like to sit in that stand and watch the Kentucky fans react all game long, go to overtime? The game should have went to overtime. I should have lost then, but the game went to overtime. And then Kentucky... Kentucky, choke at the free throw line. Choke in overtime. What was it like to sit there and witness it, Ben? What was it like, man? It was it was glorious. And the best part was that on on top of what you just said about them choking, which obviously they did, but they did so while getting the benefit of the whistle. Oh, my God. The, the the refs continued to make incorrect call after incorrect call. It, it was truly baffling, and they they still lost. They, they still choked to a, a school that I had never heard of until I saw they were playing Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. They, they lost to a school whose mascot is a peacock. And I thought Longwood was a random school out of nowhere. St. Peter's was even more random. I didn't even know that St. Peter's was from New York until two minutes left in the game. I thought St. Peter's was from St. Petersburg. But no, Kentucky lost to that team. And it was it was glorious sitting in the stands. Um, you, you really start to feel the tension with 10 minutes and then five minutes left and then two minutes left. And I was sitting next to... Grant Ramey in the media overflow in the terrace section. And we kept kind of looking at each other and and he kept reminding me that we're not going to take this seriously until five minutes left. And then I said, okay, Grant, well, there's five minutes left and it's a close game. Can we start taking it seriously? And then he said, no, let's give it to two minutes. And then I said, okay, Grant, two minutes left. Can we start taking this seriously? He said, no, let's wait till there's a minute left. I said, okay, Grant, there's one minute left. Let's wait till 30 seconds. And then it went in, went into overtime. But uh, it, it was pretty funny to see Kentucky fans stressed out of their mind. And, and 
my favorite part from a media perspective. I'm I'm sure Stokes has seen the big blue media turnout for some oh, of these gosh. Kentucky basketball games. And you they they're, were they're just ahead. part of the fan contingency. Yes. But it's funny to see them sitting on press row because they were absolutely losing their mind. <laughs> they they were stressed out as stressed out can be. Um but it was really cool. <laughs> the the tension in the building what was just building and, and to see the little white boy whose name I still don't know, uh, just knock down shot after shot, go Ryan Klein on Kentucky. It, it was terrific. It was absolutely terrific. And boy, if, if you could have seen the faces of the fans after the game was over, as they were all leaving, it, it was, it was depressing for them, not depressing for the rest of us. Um, only thing I can think about is the episode uh, Seth Fresh Prince when Will Smith was a peacock, and <laughs> the, fo- the football team like they were super superstitious and needed the peacock to do the peacock strut because be- yep. before Carton Carton was a peacock, and there's like a special peacock strut and a special peacock song and. Carlton used to say it like perfect. I forgot the day. I forgot how to say it. But <laughs> remember the football team was in the in the locker room and Will's not doing the peacock strut. Like he's doing the tootsie roll <laughs> and doing all his dances. And the team was like, wait a minute, that's not the real peacock. And it's Will Smith. <laughs> that's all I thought about um during the game, watching the peacocks put them hands on Kentucky. Like, y'all. Kentucky's not supposed to lose like that. Oscar Sheway had a career night. The national play of the year was dominant. He was dominant. They couldn't stop him. Y'all, I looked at, like, I was paying attention to the, to the, to the free throws. And Kentucky, Kentucky went to the free throw line 35 times. 35 times guys and shot 66 percent from the free throw line and in overtime Ouch. it's even worse it's even worse what they shot in overtime and just took a big fat l big fat l the shooting between kellen grady tata washington um and severe wheeler was atrocious it's what got them beat it's what got them beat against tennessee there's nothing wrong with Kentucky's post play because Oscar Shuway is a beast. He shot 16 shots, only missed five. He had 30 points. But man, those guards could not shoot. Coach Cal, you add in this year, you add in last year. Obviously, the year before that was COVID. But the last two years, it's been a walking embarrassment for Coach Cal and the Kentucky basketball program. For this team to lose in the first round and last year, don't even get me started on last year. Ugh. Ugh, that team was that team. Did they even want to play basketball? It was terrible. But man, thank you, St. Peter's Peacocks. And what? 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 What is Vince Morrow talking about? Y'all know who Vince Morrow is? I know the name, but I didn't see what he said. Yes, the Kentucky football assistant who has constantly run his mouth since he became a Kentucky football assistant. 
So Louisville's head coach, Scott Satterfield. Let's say Scott Satterfield. Yeah, that's right. He tweeted out, St. Peter's is my new favorite team. Congrats to the to the St. Peter's coach. That's I don't see a problem with that. Here's Coach Vince Burrow, the Kentucky assistant head coach. You have football schools that we beat pretty bad, and they're taking shots at our Kentucky basketball team. Wow. See you in November, buddy. Go Big Blue. <laughs> Man, I love these college coaches on Twitter like regular fans. I think it's Why hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, man, what's what's wrong with the Louisville coach being happy that to see their rival lose? Ain't nothing wrong with that. But Vince Morrow, I love it. I love it because I know he wasn't talking about Tennessee. Because Tennessee fans were like, yo, yo, yo hold, hold on now. I know you ain't talking about us because <laughs> last time I checked, we smacked them cheeks up there in Kroger Field. I know you're not talking about Tennessee. I love it when Tennessee fans can be like, I know you're talking about us. I, mm-mm, mm-mm. You are not talking about us. But Vince Morrow was talking about, he was talking about Louisville. Now, before we take a break, Ben, I just want to share with, with you and Stokes all the notable media members who picked Kentucky to go to the Final Four. I won't be too petty here. I won't. Just a lot of these dudes I really like. And ladies, I like. And I don't blame them for picking Kentucky. Because Kentucky was a top five team at one point. At one point. Jay Billis had Kentucky in the Final Four. Jeff Borzillo had Kentucky in the Final Four. Chris Button, who used to work at WBR, she had uh, Kentucky in the Final Four. Also had Tennessee in the Final Four. Dallin Cuff had Kentucky in the Final Four. Reese Davis, Jimmy Dykes had Kentucky in the Final Four. But Jimmy Dykes gets a pass because he had Tennessee winning the whole thing. We love you, Jimmy. That's right. We love you, Jimmy. Sean Farnham had Kentucky in the Final Four. Seth Greenberg, coach, the coach, had Kentucky in the Final Four. Joe Lenardi had Kentucky in the Final Four. Is anybody surprised there? Nope. Uh, Ryan McGee, Tennessee, alum, had Kentucky in the Final Four. Myron Metcalf had Kentucky in the Final Four, and he had Tennessee in the Final Four. Carolyn Peck had Kentucky in the Final Four, and she had Tennessee. Adam Rittenberg also had Tennessee in the Final Four, but had Kentucky in there, too. Dick Vitale. Had Kentucky in the Final Four and had Kentucky winning it all. But we ain't going to give you that smoke, Dick, Dickie V. We ain't going to give you that smoke, Dickie. You get a pass. We love you, Dickie V. Get healthy. But all these experts had Kentucky in the Final Four. And John Calipari, you let down your buddies. You know these are your buddies. They be protecting you. They, be, they, they, they have your back when you be out here making excuses about why you recruit the best players each and every year and can't win. They take up for you. They take up for you. Well, you know, he had a stomachache. Well, you know, the sun wasn't shining right. They always take up for Coach Kyle. 
Ain't no excuses today. 865-255-03. Guys, raise your hand if you think today is going to be a great day. Ben, are you raising your hand? Yes. No, you're not. I can't see you. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you, Ben, if you're, if you're raising I your hand. I raised my finger. Which one? Middle. You're number one, too. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Indianapolis, man. It's turned you into a thug, Ben. Turned you into a thug. Sometimes you, uh, you got to do what you got to do to survive. <laughs> 865-255-03. We'll take our first break of the day. Swain Event Fuel by Dead End Barbecue. Our one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Cooling, and Electrical. Stay with us. If you want to be part of the show, call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Hello? Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to ATFCU.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, subscribe to the Swain Event channel on YouTube.
Hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Stokes. Stokes. What up? Are you are you are you just vibing to the beat? I am. I, I kind of like this beat. Yeah. Just vibe. So it's Friday. Tennessee put on a clinic in the NCAA tournament. Granted, it was against a inferior opponent, but hey, it was a clinic. Tennessee is in a great position with possibly a life-changing quarterback prospect. Tennessee's biggest rival in basketball just lost in the first round to a 15th seed, and they were the number two seed, the seed that Tennessee was supposed to be. But Tucky got on television and got beat. Hey, man, what a day. What a day to start. What a day, man. What a day to start the NCAA tournament. Oh. Oh. Ben, I'm jealous of you right now. I wish I was. You at, should be. I wish I was at the game. Well, I had, actually had a chance to go to the game. I had tickets. Had a good Could friend. Huh? Should have come. No, I had responsibilities. I had responsibilities. We had practice just today. It would have been okay. Yeah, man, I had practice. AU basketball practice. To a group of girls, man. Practice. Practice, not the game. Practice. <laughs> that man made a commitment. Made a commitment. To the young girls. I'm, I'm going to be a practice, man. Got to be a practice. So, practice was fun, too. Everybody was in a good mood. Parents, was in, parents who were Tennessee fans were in a good mood. It was fun. Oh, it was fun. Florida Vol fan says, it's great to be a Tennessee volunteer in the text box. Bulldog Brian says, being an indie throwing gang signs after that Vols thrashing. That's right. <laughs> These Crips and Bloods better watch out. All right, Ben. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the orange gang. In gang. Bulldog Brian says, Tennessee laid the wood to Longwood. I just had an image. Stop. Stop, Brian. Coy Macon came up a little bit short. Says, uh, you think Severe Willa transfers to St. Peter's now? Now you got to be able to shoot to play St. Peter's. Got to be able to shoot. I had to check out that clip from Fresh Prince during the break, y'all. Peacocks. They walking down Peacocks. Na, 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 na. Peacocks, the mighty peacocks, the mighty peacocks of ULA. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yo, 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 yo. Did y'all see the <clears throat> Kentucky media, aka some of the KSR guys downplaying Longwood? Uh, not Longwood. Not Longwood, but uh, St. Peter's before the game, based on warmups, they low. They're low energy. I just don't see how they're going to be able to compete. Oh, they competed. <laughs> they competed. Oh man, that ass. That's what they did. <laughs> oh man. Oh, and then they blaming the refs. The refs. 
Man, you shot 38 free throws. You shot 102 free throws. What are you talking about? You, you got every call going to the basket. You missed the free throws in overtime. You did. But anyway, let me talk about, about my team. Let's talk about our team. Guys, who had the most impressive performance yesterday against, against Longwood from Tennessee? Most impressive. That's a good question. Y'all mic on? Y'all all right everybody, over there? Everybody looks real good. That's a, that's, a, that's a really good question. Who had the um, most impressive performance? Most impressive. For me, I've been impressed with with Josiah the past few games. Like I think he's he's really turned it on as of late. Remember a few weeks ago when someone on the text box almost asking why he's still on the court? Oh, yeah. where is Ken? Ken, where's? <laughs> where, let me check. On, real quiet. Let me check on text box. Ken. Let me see. We see. we literally have not seen Ken since that moment. Where you at, Ken? Where is Ken? I don't see Ken. I've been looking for Ken. <laughs> Where? Where's Ken? Ken made Josiah Jordan James seem like he should be a walk-on player. We haven't yeah. heard from him. When has it been, Ben? Since... Was the last time he spouted off on the text box. I know, but like what what day was that? Like what week was it? Was that two weeks ago? Was that right before the Mississippi State game? I don't remember which game it was. Maybe? I don't know. I I I I don't know what day is today and I, I don't know what took place yesterday. I I just I don't know where I am. Yeah, man. Um Yeah, that was that was weird. Go ahead, Stuck. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that that's fine. Um, I, I just for the last few games, he's really impressed me. I feel like he's stepped up and kind of shown people how important he is to this team. Uh, Folky looked good yesterday. I mean, it's, I don't know that there was one guy who stood out to me more than the rest. I think they all just played so well as a team. That's a good answer, Ben. Anybody? Anybody? Stand out to you. I mean, everyone balled out, like like Stokes mentioned, but except Urosh. Man, don't even get me started. Urosh better get it together by tomorrow. That's all I know. Because Hunter Dickinson and Musa Diabate is coming. Good thing John Fulkerson was was balling out at the beginning of the beginning of the game. Yes, but yes, man. Uh, how how can you not say Josiah and Santi weren't the most impressive? I mean, Santi was six of eight from three, which is incredible. Absolutely incredible to do that in the NCAA tournament. Josiah, three of six, nine rebounds, almost had a double-double with 17 points and nine assists. So Josiah and Santi were the most impressive, but I think John Fulkerson was the most important because Tennessee really didn't start making threes until midway through the first half. Tennessee was 0 for 3 from 3 to start the game and not attempting a lot of threes. They didn't take their fourth three until there was 10.49 left in the first half, and then it 
finished the half eight for 13, was eight for 10 from three over the final 10 and a half minutes of play. And I think John Fulkerson was the most important player yesterday because, as you just said, Swain, it's a good thing he had it going early because Urosh was was not ready to go. Don't really know what was the issue there. Rick Barnes threw out the thought post game that that maybe he got hit because he was struggling to get up and down the floor, just running up and down the floor. So maybe there's something else going on there. But you had to to get Urosh out of the game early. Even when you brought Urosh back in, he had two defensive breakdowns in coverage, and Rick Barnes had to call a timeout and take him out of the game. And Urosh, Urosh had to be calmed down inside the huddle during that media timeout while it was away at commercial. Don't know if the TV broadcast showed that. But Urosh was, was not happy, uh, did not feel like the defensive coverage breakdowns were his fault or maybe was thinking something other than what the coaches were trying to say. But uh, that, that was some, some weird energy there from Urosh to where he had to be summoned over to the uh, huddle. And not that he was like sitting off by himself, but he kind of walked back and, and stood three, five feet away from everybody else and, and kind of looked like he was honestly cooling down trying to just because he was mad um, at, at himself or at the world or whatever, just trying not to I like pop it. off. So he was trying to distance himself, which I, I can understand that, but mm-hmm. uh, he like really it. had to be talked to by Justin Ganey and Mike Schwartz and, and the assistant coaches to, to get him cooled down but Urosh didn't have it he's one of your starters you had to go to somebody else because he didn't have it and John Fulkerson answered the bell and Tennessee wasn't getting open shot after open shot to start the game it, it was all folky going to work I mean that that looked like a completely different John Fulkerson that that's the John Fulkerson we've been hoping would show up consistently night in and night out he had 11 of Tennessee's first 17 points and I think Fulkerson's early play in the post opened up the perimeter for the rest of the game on top of having to fill in for Urosh since Urosh didn't have it to start the game. Look at little Ben, look at little Ben Billis breaking it down. Ben Billis. Yeah, Ben. Ben Billis. Or ESPN, give me that Jay Billis contract. Now. <laughs> ben Billis breaking it down. I think, I think that's perfectly stated, Ben. Uh, let's go to the phones this morning uh, because I am running the board. Just a little bit of some, some housekeeping rules. Um, you call in. I'm gonna put you through. Tell us your name, where you calling from, and uh, let's ride. So, who do we have this morning? Good morning, Smokey and Charlotte. Smokey, smoke dog. <laughs> What's up, Smokey and Charlotte? Man, that was that was an awful lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, I have to go with Fulkerson. Um, uh, Scoby, I mean, was incredible. But seeing Folky play like that, I mean, he looked like he did when he was SEC Player of the Year. That was incredible. I didn't, I, I didn't pick up on uh, that sub and what uh, uh, was what kind of precipitated that. So, not to go back to the tape. Um, to me, I mean, I hate Kentucky, um, and. I'm not one of these guys that roots for other SEC teams. I generally hate them. But, man, that was a bad look for the SEC, seeing Kentucky go down like that. At least it felt like to me, like, golly, 
Um, it's just, I don't know anything can happen in this tournament, but you know, I was like, well, dang, I mean, maybe the SEC is not as strong as I thought. Um, and I know they couldn't hit shots. And Kellen Grady, who, you know, actually is a great kid. I consider him a, him a friend from his time when he was here at Davidson. He was incredible to my kids while he was here. Um, you know, and I'd be root for him. So maybe that's why I'm being a little bit soft on Kentucky than I might otherwise be. He's gone cold. So, um, yeah, he was terrible. These, these things, these things happen in the, in the NCAA dance. I mean, it just, it just does. But, um, golly, you couldn't be more excited about how primed and ready Tennessee came into that game. I mean, that was just incredible. Um, so, uh, anyway, I just wanted to call in and celebrate. Um, thanks for taking my call, and thanks for uh, all y'all do for, for the ball. Appreciate Go you. Ball. Appreciate you, Smokey. Appreciate you, Smokey. Shooting is mental. And Kellen Grady's one of the best shooters in the country in the, in the regular season, and he has hit a huge wall late in the season. He couldn't make a shot against us. And hit the backboard um, yesterday. Last night, John Calipari had to take him out because he wouldn't shoot. That reminds me of Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, his last game with the 76ers, his confidence level was so low shooting, he just didn't want to shoot. He didn't even want the ball to be fouled to go to the free throw line. And I think it brings some some clarity to what Josiah Jordan-James was going through at one point during the season. The mental hurdles sometimes you have to go through, go get around or go over, when you feel like you're shooting the ball with great form, but the ball's just not falling, it's like, man, what am I doing wrong? And then you second-guessing yourself, and then you don't want to shoot because you don't want to hurt the team because you don't think you're going to make the shot. It's, it's so mental. And then you have to get back into the gym, shoot, 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 find other parts of your game that you're good at to regain that rhythm, and now regain that confidence to shoot the ball when you're open. And that's what Josiah Jordan-James went through this season. And now he's shooting the ball with confidence. Like, he's jab-stepping guys and shooting it in their faces. At one point, Josiah was only taking shots when he was wide open. Now, you're guarding him and your hands down, like the great Mark Jackson would say, with all due respect, <laughs> hands down, man down. That's what Josiah Jordan James is on right now. So, I'm glad Smokey called in and, and, and shared um, that about, about Kellen Grady because we have seen, we, we've seen his confidence just fall off a cliff. Josiah Jordan-James' confidence was at that point, at some point during the season. It wasn't as, as bad as Kellen Grady's, but he did go through a shooting slump, slump that was that was similar. But for me, man, it's um, I love the John Fulkerson comment by you, Ben. Uh, I think you're spot on. But the most impressive performance to me, man, was Santiago Vescovy. How do you shoot? Six for eight from three point. <laughs> like you, your only shots you made were three points. He was six from ten from the field, but he was six from eight from three. He had seven assists, four steals. All he did was just shoot threes. Like his three point percentage was outrageous. I don't even know. I don't even know the math on that one. I know I ain't gonna ask Ben. Oh, seventy five percent. Vescovy shot a better three-point percentage than most of the players in the entire tournament. 
that's just freaking impressive to me. Really, really impressive. As we look at Michigan, and Michigan got some, they got some good players now. They got some players left over from their number one seeded team last year. Don't, do, do, guys, do not get it twisted. Michigan basketball team is better than their seed when you look at the personnel. And they hit, they hit a wall during the season. They were not playing their best. But Brooks, Brooks is good. Number 55. Kind of like Drake a little bit. Hunter Dickinson. He's like Uros with post moves in the offensive game. He's big. He's young. But he's a lefty. He's, he's, he's really good. And um, you mentioned the Abate, number 14, the other, other forward. Tennessee is better, Ben. They're a better team. You, you saw that in person. Tennessee's a better team. But Michigan is, is capable if we play like we did against – I got I to gotta go back in the time capsule for this one, man. It's been a while since Tennessee's played bad. When was the last time Tennessee played a bad game, man? I can't think of one. Can you, Stokes? <laughs> I mean, My goodness, it's it's been a it's been a minute. Well, hmm. hmm. Let's see. Their last L was against against Arkansas. They was that a bad? bad? Did they play poorly in that game? <sighs> yes, but I I as I detailed, I thought they played poorly because the refs did not allow them to get in a rhythm because of all the, the charge calls. It's Arkansas game. It's Arkansas game. Yeah. You know why? Tennessee shot 17% from three that game. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't shoot the ball. Couldn't shoot the ball. Tennessee had 15 turnovers as well. Shot 27% from the field. Tennessee outread it bound in Arkansas that game. But it was it was a Tennessee game. It was Viscovi was one for nine. Come on now. Viscovi ain't going to be one for nine again. Mm-mm. Ken Chandler's one for five. It was the Arkansas game. Yeah. That's it. It, it. it has to be that game. And that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. That was February. February 19th. 19th. That was a long time ago, man. That was almost a month ago. So, if Tennessee is playing like they have played since the Arkansas game, we go into the Sweet 16. Going to the Sweet 16. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go to uh, text box. John K says Ken made Josiah Jordan James sound like he should be playing at Kentucky. <laughs> uh, Florida Vol fan says he woke jo- Josiah up. Where is Matt Jones? What? What do you guys say about that, that loss? John K says where is Ken? Josiah Jordan James is an NBA player. Says Vol Grizz Cubs. ATL VFL says Santi crushed their will. Florida Vol fan says Folky. John K says thoughts and prayers to the Lexington uh, McDonald's workers right now. St. P coach has some moxie. Bulldog Brian. Oh boy. I know one thing, guys. Juwan Howard, you've been not even thinking about swinging at Rick Barnes. On Saturday, you better not even think about it. No, 
Remember, Ben, we were talking okay. about if Michigan played Tennessee in that scenario when uh, Michigan got into that after the game scrum there with Wisconsin. But here we are. Here we are. I was just glad that he didn't swing at me when I walked by him in the tunnel yesterday. He's tall, ain't he? Very tall. So is Jalen Rose. Yeah, oh yeah. I saw Jalen on the on the on the uh in the stands. I think he was like on the first row, wasn't he? Yeah. He was uh they they have like a a small separate section for I, I guess in that instance, prominent people. Uh, and and more so the the family members because Juwan Howard's family was also in that small section uh right behind their bench and yeah it, it was practically the the first row but it, but it's an added section for those family members and prominent people and he was only a couple of, of feet to my left that's great Chatty VFL four two three says Kentucky is everyone's Alamo Bowl. <laughs> well, congratulations to St. Peter's Peacocks for winning a Super, uh, Super Bowl this year. Everybody, everybody winning Super Bowls seems like this year. Rudy Vall not impressed with Uros's hands. Called them the weakest ever. Yeah, Uros went to bring it, man. This game. Saturday, I think our post players outside of John Fulkerson will have to do more than, than they did against Longwood. And I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to watch us play. This team right now, uh, as mentioned on the text box, is still getting better. Volville says the truly scary part, this Tennessee team is still putting it all together. They are very close to peaking, but still finding new ways to win. I like it. I don't want them to peak right now. I want them to peak in the title game. That's what I want them to peak. Yep. But, man, they are close. They are playing their best basketball of the season. And, guys, I whew, this is this is fun to watch. This is fun to watch. I don't want to hear no Rick Barnes slander. I don't want to hear. We didn't want to hear before. And Ben, your your greatest worry was Tennessee not playing well in the tournament and getting bounced because you didn't want to hit a Rick Barnes slander. And not to say that it can't happen because you still got work to do. Second round against Michigan. But it sure is good not to have to hear that stuff. Yes, and we're not out of the clear we're not. yet, Stokes. <laughs> they turn around and lose to the Michigan, uh, a team that went 17 and 14 during the regular season, we'll be right back to where we started. We will. Mm-hmm. That's true. We will. Especially knowing that Tennessee is truly the better team, the more talented team, more complete team, probably more you know, better coached. There's no reason Tennessee should lose that game. Oh, you're right. And our coach got better hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easy. Let's go back to the phones. 865-200. Testament. <laughs> That's right. It's right. Let's get to the phones. Good morning. Hey, man, it's Vol Nation. Vol Nation. Good morning. Hey, good morning, family. How y'all doing? Man, we great. Uh, man, yesterday was a great day for to be a volunteer, man. Uh, 
got a chance to watch bits and pieces of that game, you know, working and all, but, you know, I had my phone. So, uh, you know, you can see everything on, on your phone now these days. <laughs> but um, uh, I was listening to you guys, and uh, there was components of that game where, like I was talking to, to uh, Vault Patriot, and I said, they played such a complete game. Uh, they, I think I was the announcers talking about the assist ratio that they were having and how they were moving them. If you watch them, you know, when I played basketball and I grew up, my, my uh, uncle played semi-pro. He just talked about the significance of ball movement and how a great team can, the ball can move faster than the defense. Correct. You put yourself in a position where eventually you can have that open shot. He, he used to get frustrated because we took a, uh, a shot with a with a, a hand in our face. He got, he got really upset. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Most of the time, you know. But uh, anyway, and that's what I saw yesterday. Uh, they, like you said, uh, or maybe been being or uh, whatever, it mentioned how they're still growing, they're still learning. But every game, they seem to be getting better. And when I looked at as far as, you know, who played the best, you know, I don't think anybody's wrong. I mean, you look at it and what Fulkerson did to kind of hold it down at the beginning, you know, I think he had like almost like 15, I, I think they had it posted up there on the screen, 15 out of the first 16 points of with Steers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that was like a huge win because they came out and I don't know if everybody was tight or whatever, but nothing was really happening. The side hit that first shot and then everybody went cold. Now, something I, I looked at was they sat Chandler down and it brought Ziggler in and the offense began to kind of pick up. And he ran the offense and all of a sudden they started scoring. You know, he's, well, he's, you know, Folky started scoring, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he got the offense kind of rolling, kind of lit the fire. And then after that, um, you know, they were going back and forth. And really the game was a lot closer than I thought it maybe should have been. But, you know, it was like a, you know, seven, eight-point lead, ten-point lead. And, you know, I was telling uh, my son, I was like, you know, that's that's a good lead, I said. But, you know, a team gets hot, they hit about three or four baskets, and, you know, they do a 10-2 run on us, and all of a sudden they're winning. You know what I'm saying? It's close. And what I saw in the last five minutes of the first half was the game. Because what Fascovi did in about a two-and-a-half-minute time period was score about 12 points, four three-pointers, from like the five-minute and 33-second mark till like the two-minute mark. And then in between there, Josiah James, I think he hit about two big three-pointers. And that opened the game up from this, Eight-point game, nine-point game, ten-point game to a fifteen-point game at halftime, and that was a significant shift, I think, for them because once again, it's a mentality. It's saying, okay, we're firmly supplanted at this time, and so I think if they had gone in eight or ten points and it was kind of lingering there, we may have seen a different second half. I don't think we would have lost, you know what I'm saying? But the mentality may have been different for the other team when they hit those threes. And especially that last three right before halftime. And he left the finger, the hand up there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pose. And they the walked off that court. When they walked off that court, they knew that's ball game. We got this. And that other team knew it as well. And whenever they talked about the halftime, they talked about it, they came out and went ahead and finished closing the door in the second half. I think that last five minutes and what they did in that last five to six minutes of that first half was significant. It's like they found themselves. Uh, not only were they passing the ball and moving the ball, but they were knocking down shots, and it looked it was pretty basketball. 
it was pretty basketball. So I, I was really excited between that and the defensive effort that they put out there. That defense was smothered. And uh, now, of course, I did see some breakdowns. We got to clean up a few things because against a better team, that might cost us a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if they play and they keep improving, they keep hitting their shot, they shot with confidence. Uh, they didn't take many bad shots uh, because of the ball movement. And I think if they play that game and they play that clean and they play that intense on defense, I don't see where they can't beat anybody, regardless of who lines up against them. You know? I like and it. So that's just my thought. So I appreciate you, fellas, man. Hey, thank you, Vault Nation. Thank you so much. I like it. I t- I'll tell you guys when it really was over, and it was actually before Vault Nation was was uh, explained. It was before that, in my opinion. Um, but we are up against the top of the hour. And um, that means that our guy Stokes, he has to go be great. Yep. Got to go be great, man. Got to go be great. Got to go be great. So uh, you're great with us as always. And um, it's good to have you on on Friday, man. And tomorrow, Tennessee, Michigan. We'll be talking about this game on on Monday, Stokes, and I'll be talking to you here soon. Thank you so much for joining us at hour number one. We hope you have a great weekend. And um, any any beer choices before we get you out of here? Uh, yeah, uh, a couple of days ago, I picked up some uh, uh, an Irish red ale called uh, Dunkirk Pirate. Um, mm-hmm. From uh, it's from a, a brewery here in town called Thirteen Stripes. All their cans have really, really, really beautiful artwork on them. Um, but they also have excellent beers if you're ever in the upstate hop on over to taylor's and, and check out 13 stripes um so that's what i'll be i'll be drinking on this weekend and uh yeah i uh, can't wait to see tennessee whoop up on michigan everybody have a great weekend and, and go vols that's right that's right that's right my man seth stokes here with us on the swain event we will take a top of the hour break we will return jason swain ben mckee We'll return. I got Seth Stokes. We'll go be great for the rest of the week going into the weekend. Sweat event fueled by Dead and Barbecue. Hour one is brought to you by Healer Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Stay with us. We'll be right back.